The previous mission listed three different things that might invalidate water from being used as natilas yodaim, and one of those was if somebody performs a task with that water. And the next two Mishnahis elaborate on this invalidation. If somebody washed dishes, he washed different utensils with the water. Or if he cleans, he rubs off the measuring utensils that he uses for liquids, like oil and wine. And after a while, the oil and wine sometimes remain there. And there'll be a thin layer of the oil, the wine, whatever liquid it might be that remains in that container, and he uses the water to clean it. The Mishnah says that the water that he used, psulim, becomes invalid for use as natilas yodayim water. So if he wants to purify his hands, he will not be able to use that water to purify them by pouring the water onto his hands. He'll have to get other water that hasn't been used and pour that on his hands in order to perform the Tilasodayim. What happens if he uses the water to wash dishes that have already been washed, or to wash new dishes, new utensils? So on the one hand, he's performing a task with that water. He is essentially doing exactly the same act as in the previous case. Just that over here, there's not really any purpose in what he's doing. And because of that, it's actually not considered to be a task we don't consider him to have done melocha with the water, and kasherim, the water will remain valid for use as the tilasodayim water. Rabbi Yossi Paisel Bechadoshim, Rabbi Yossi, however, invalidates the water if it was used to wash new dishes, because although he didn't really cause the dishes to be any cleaner than they were beforehand, nevertheless, most people, before using dishes that they have bought new, wash them before using them, and since that is the regular thing to do, it is considered to be a significant enough task that it would invalidate the water. Mr. Bass, water that a baker dips his gluskin loaves into before baking them. Gluskin loaves are very good quality loaves of bread, and the baker would coat them with a liquid like water or sometimes wine, and then he would bake them, and the water that he dips the loaves into would be psulin invalidated for use as antilacidine water. Since he performed a task with them, he coated the loaves with water. However, in a case where the baker himself just washes his hands in that water, and we're talking about a case where he makes his hands wet deliberately, and then he smears that water onto the loaves. So he ends up using that water to perform a task. However, when he comes to actually performing the task of coating the loaves, it's already out of the rest of the water. That water is not connected anymore to the water that was in the container. Essentially, all he did was remove some of the water, and then he used that water for something else. But the water that remains in the container, Kasherim, is certainly still valid, since no task was performed with that water itself. After talking about some invalidations and which type of water can be used for Natilasodayim, now the Mishnah goes on to talk about how Natilasodayim itself is performed. And the first condition is that it must be done with an act. If there is water that is flowing by itself, or if, let's say, the wind came and blew a container of water, it caused it to fall down, now there's water flowing out of that container. And let's imagine, perhaps, that the container was on a table, so now you've got water dripping down from that table. If somebody puts his hands 
underneath the stream of water and washes them like that, he would not fulfill the requirement of Natilas Odaim. And that's because an action of pouring the water needs to be done. There is an argument, however, as to whether we require Kriach Gavra, which means that a person will manually pour that water. He will tilt or pour over the container of water so that the water flows out of it. Or perhaps it's sufficient that we have Kriach Noisein, which means that the water is being poured, but not necessarily by a person. And the Mishnah will bring an example. Hakol Kshen Litin First of all, the Mishnah says that anybody is fit to pour the water onto one's hands. It also doesn't need to be the person himself who has impure hands who pours the water onto his own hands. Somebody else could pour the water onto his hands as well. A even a deaf and dumb person, somebody who is a total fool or a young child, these people don't have sufficient understanding for their legal actions to have an effect in general. But over here, all we're looking for is the dry act of pouring, and that they certainly are capable of doing. This has nothing to do with their level of understanding, and therefore this would be a valid act of Natilas Odaim. As well as that, one is able to place a barrel or a container of water in between his knees and using his knees cause the water to be poured out of that container onto his hands. Even though it might not be the regular way of pouring, it's certainly the person himself who is causing that to happen and therefore it's considered to be it's considered to be a person doing it. As well as that, one is able to set up a barrel so that it tilts on its side and then leave it there in its in a fixed position so that the water continues to flow out of it. And then even if somebody comes a few minutes later and he places his water his, his hands underneath that stream of water, the noitel and he washes them, that would be a valid until Asodaim. Even though at the time that he is washing his hands, the water is not being poured by a person. Because this whole situation of the water flowing out is as a result of the person moving the container into that position, according to this opinion of the Mishnah, we consider it as if the person is the one causing that water to flow out, and the requirement of a person pouring the water out is is fulfilled. Now, the Mishnah adds that according to the first opinion of the Mishnah, the hakoif netlayodayim, even a monkey would be fit to pour the water onto one's hands and purify them. Because according to this opinion of the Mishnah, we do not need Kriach Gavra, a person, his force and his strength, him to be the one who causes the water to flow out. Rather, it's sufficient that it be poured out even by a monkey. That's still an act of pouring. In the last two cases, however, Rabbi invalidates the Natilas Odaim. According to Rabbi we require specifically that a person pour the water. And not only that, but it must be that the person is pouring the water at the time that the person's hands are being washed. It's not enough that originally he was the one who tilted the barrel so that now the water flows by itself. The Mishnahis of this parak, this chapter, continue to talk about how the Nitilas Daim should be performed. And we're going to see that there is a significant difference between when the container which is being used contains a, a revius of water, that's a volume of a quarter of a loig, roughly the volume of half a plastic cup. For many laws of the Torah, we see that that is considered to be a significant amount of liquid. And in general, the Nishasodayim requires that there be at least a reverse of water in the container that is being used. He might not need to pour all of the water on his hands, but at least there must be a reverse of water in the container that is being used to pour water on his hands. 
Now we learned that there's a concept of shiori tara, that means that if the person began pouring water from the container and there was a reverse of water in the container, then even if he, let's say, pours it on one person's hands and now there is less than a reverse left in the container, he can use that water and purify somebody else's hands since it began with having the right amount of water. So the remainder of that water is also fit to be used. However, even though it is fit to be used, we're going to see that there are differences between what is required in a case where there is still a reverse of water in the container to a case where we're relying on the concept of shiori tara and there is thus less than a reverse of water in the container. So the Mishnah starts talking about a case where there is less than a reverse of water in the container and the only reason why it is valid is because it's a continuation of an act of Nitasudayan that was just performed just prior to that. Not if somebody uses the water that's remaining in the container to pour it over one of his hands, it's important to realize that Nitasu Daim is not necessarily always done on both hands. It could be that only one of his hands is impure. And he is pouring the water onto one of his hands. Mishtifo Achas, even if he only pours it on his hands once, Yodo Tohira, his hand would become pure. This is the classic concept of Shiaritara. Now, although the person's hand is purified, the water that is on his hand is considered to be tome. The hand essentially made the water tome, even though it was purified by the water. And there are essentially two ways of dealing with that issue. One is to purify the water that's on his hand by pouring more water over that water. That's called maim shniin, the second waters that are poured on his hands. Or he could just dry his hands, and that would get rid of the tommy water, because after all, his hands themselves are purified already. So really, that's another way of saying there's no need to pour the water a second time, because he can just dry his hands, and his hands are purified. Now, all of this is true when he washes just one of his hands, but if he pours the water just once on both of his hands, and again, we're talking about a case of shiori tara, where there is less than a reverse of water remaining in the container... Rabbi Meir Matame, Rabbi Meir says that his hands remain impure. Unless there was a revius of water in the container. According to Rabbi Meir, the only time that one single act of pouring water on one's hands has the ability to purify the hands is if there is a revius of water in the container. But otherwise, it's not sufficient to pour the water on one's hands once. However, if you were to pour the water on your hands twice, then it would fulfill the Nitias of Dying requirement. So that means, to summarize, there are essentially three cases over here. If there is a reverse of water in the container, or he is only coming to purify one of his hands, if either of those two conditions are fulfilled, then Mayor understands that it's enough to pour water just once on his hand, or his hands in a case where there's a reverse. But if there is less than a reverse of water and he is coming to purify both of his hands, then he would only be able to purify his hands by pouring water onto them twice. So this is the first difference between water that is a reverse and if there's less than a reverse. That if there's a reverse, it has the ability to purify both of his hands in one go, whereas if it's less than a reverse, it does not have the ability to purify both of his hands in one go, only if he pours it twice. The Mishnah continues with an additional difference between when the container has at least a reverse of water in it and when it doesn't. And this time we're not discussing the status of the person's hands, 
and what is needed in order to purify the hands, but rather we're discussing the status of the water itself that is poured on the person's hands. We mentioned earlier that in the case where less than a revius of water is poured on his hands, the water itself becomes tome by having contact with the hands. However, in the case where a revius of water was poured over his hands, nofal kikol shel truma, if a loaf of truma falls into the puddle of water that formed underneath where his hands were washed, tohar, the loaf will remain pure. And this is because with regards to a mikveh, a body of natural rainwater, which can be used to purify one's hands as well as really anything, pretty much, which is submerged fully in the mikveh, that's how it is purified. And at least mid a according to the Torah's strict letter of the law, the minimum size of a mikveh is a revius, a body that contains at least a quarter of a loig of water. And one of the characteristics of a mikveh is that it does not have the ability to become tome. Not only does a mikveh purify other items that are submerged in it, but the mikveh itself cannot become tome. Now over here, we're definitely not talking about a mikveh. Mikveh needs to be in the ground. If it's in a container, it is not a valid mikveh. However, according to this opinion of the Mishnah, part of the significance of this amount of a revius that the Chachomim instituted that is that has significance for Natasha Daim is that the water cannot become Tome itself. And that is why if a revius of water is poured over the person's hands, and over here it's not enough that the container had inside of it a revius of water. It's got to be that the entire revius of water is poured on the person's hands, and in that case it would resemble a mikveh, and therefore that water would not be able to become Tome. All of that having been said, Rabbi Yossi Matame. Rabbi Yossi says that even in a case where a revius of water is poured over his hands, the water would become Tome. According to Rabbi Yossi, we do not look at this like in a similar way to a mikveh. And really the only significance that a revius has is the fact that it has the ability to purify both of his hands, even with just one pouring of the water. Mishnah base. In a case where the person pours water over his hands twice, so that would either be if there is less than a revius in the container, or according to Rabbi Yossi, if there is a revius, but the person wants to purify the water that is on his hands by pouring more water over his hands a second time, the Mishnah discusses various cases as with regards to the status of the water. Not If he poured the water, the Maimarishainim, the first water over his hands in one place, and then he walked over a little bit of a distance, and he poured the Maim Shniim, the second waters over his hands in a different place, and now we're left with two puddles of water, one from the water which was poured the first time, and the other puddle from the water that was poured the second time. If a truma loaf of bread falls into the first puddle, Tomei will become impure, because that water is Tomei, like we learned in the previous Mishnah. But if the loaf of truma falls into the second puddle, Toha, it will remain pure. The second water certainly is considered to be pure. If he poured the first lot of water and the second lot of water in the same place, so now we're left with one puddle with a mixture of the waters, if a loaf of truma bread falls into that puddle, this is water that is partly tome, partly tahar, and that makes all of the water tome. Because even the pure water has now got contact with the impure water, so it all becomes tome, and therefore the, li- the, the loaf itself would become impure. Continues the Mishnah, Notal if he poured the first lot of water onto his hands, and then a splinter or a small stone is found on his hands, 
even if it wasn't stuck to his hand, and therefore the water did come into, into contact with his entire hand, nevertheless, Yod of Tameis' hands would be considered impure. Because the second lot of water that's poured on his hand only purifies the water that is on his hand and hasn't got any contact with a different substance. But the water that has gone onto the splinter, that is not purified by the second lot of water. And automatically that means that the second lot of water actually becomes tome from the water that has contact with the splinter. Because if it's not purified, it remains tome, and then it would just make the second lot of water impure itself. And since the second lot of water is impure, that would make the person's hands impure again. In general, if you think about it, the fact that one's hands become purified and yet the water on his hands is impure, that essentially means that the Chachonim said that the water on the Tilasodaim itself, even though it's Tomei, does not have the ability to make the person's hands Tomei. But the second lot of water that wasn't used for the Tilasodaim itself... To the extent that the second water is tome, so that would make the person's hands tome. Ends off the Mishnah, Shem Gamriel, Gamriel says, anything that is on his hands, but is something that was created in the water, for example, certain insects that are produced in the water, even if that was on his hand, it is not considered to be a foreign substance. We view it basically as having the same status as water itself. And therefore, in that case, if that's the only thing that was on his hands, Tahar, the person's hands, would remain pure. They would be purified.